Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And we're recording together. We are so excited. This is the first time, I think, since we did that outdoor episode, which we'll never do again. Because it was windy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and like different kinds of insects kept flying into the mic. And... They, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, never doing that again. But we are together. We're in the same room. It's very exciting. It feels weird. <laughs> Bring back mem. And it's so nice, too, because I could actually see you to tell when you're going to be able to speak. <laughs> so we don't constantly talk over each other and have to re-say like, what we want to say. Wait, what? Did you just talk? <laughs> wait, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into today's coffee? You should talk about what happened at the warehouse. Oh, Okay. So, I work in a warehouse, and the other day, I had to stay after work to make up some hours, and I was there late by myself, and there has been things that have happened in the past in the warehouse where multiple people that I work with have also, out of the corner of their eye, seen or felt the presence of a man standing behind them. Mm -hmm. And for example, quick little story that happened to me multiple times. I'll be standing at my vintage table, like cleaning up vintage, and I'll see out of the corner, like out of my peripheral, someone walking behind me, and it's like a tall man. Mm -hmm. And there's been multiple times where this has happened where I think it's my husband or his dad, but they stop behind me and and I'm like, okay, this is weird. Why are they just standing behind me? And I turn around and no one's there. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So I've had this conversation with other people that I work with and one person in specific, I asked her, have you ever had any like experiences here? And she was like, oh, you mean like the tall man? <laughs> Knew exactly what I was talking about. That's so weird. So anyway, I was at work by myself late. All the warehouse lights were off. I was in the front office section. Went into the warehouse because I had to get something. And all of a sudden, I heard this noise. And I went to look, like, what it was. Like, oh, did something fall or whatever? And I go towards the men's bathroom. And I look in the men's bathroom. And there's just a light spastically flickering in there. So weird. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Then I turn off the lights and all of them would turn off except for the flickering one. Mm-hmm. It would not turn off. Yeah, weird. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, something's like definitely here, but I'm just gonna keep doing my thing. So I went out to my car to get a drink and I come back into the warehouse and as I'm walking into the warehouse, I straight up hear a woman's voice. What the fuck? And I don't know what it said. I just heard like a woman talking and I was I was like, okay, no, I'm here by myself. Ah. So then I texted a couple of the girls that I work with, and I was like, shit's happening. I'm here alone, and shit's Somebody happening. Come. Yeah, so then as I'm working, I also at one point hear what sounded like if you pull a doorknob down and then let it go, like it springs up. Mm-hmm. It sounded like that. And just weird, weird stuff kept happening, and finally I was able to leave. How the fuck were you alone and just like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. I would have been out. Well, I was like, this, this woman better not be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And as long as they're not intentionally fucking with me or scaring me, I'm Mm -hmm. fine. But yeah, I don't know. Things just kept happening and it was weird. Yeah, (laughs) I'd say so. Yeah. Do you have any podcasts or show recommendations before we get started? Oh, oh my gosh. I don't even want to recommend this, but it's something that I was watching that, what the fuck is, oh, I I talked about it last time, the girl in the window across the street. Oh, yeah, from the whatever. whatever. (laughs) Yeah. 
It was, the beginning was good, ending was not good, and I probably wouldn't recommend that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What are you watching? Uh, I don't have any show recommendations, but I do have another podcast recommendation. Okay. I listen to it on Spotify, but I'm sure it's available in other on other platforms as well. Mm-hmm. It's called Treat, like Trick or Treat. Okay. And it's basically a podcast, but like a movie on a podcast. You can like picture a narration. It. Yeah. And one of the main characters that it's narrated by is Kiernan Shipka. Oh. Sabrina from mm-hmm. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And it it was really good. I was enticed by it the entire really? time. Really? Yeah. Treat. It okay. was really good. Yeah. Treat. Cool. This isn't anything to do with our podcast or anything, but I've been reading a good book. <laughs> what is it? It's called It Ends With Us, and it's um, written by Colleen Hoover. Okay. So check it out. It's a good one. I love books where you can sit down and you're so hooked on it that like you don't want to do anything else but finish the book. Yes. So that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm like, okay, we need to do it. Not that I'm rushing through this, but like we need to do this so I can go out by the pool and read my book. Yeah. <laughs> I get that way sometimes, too, where if it's summertime and I'm sitting by a pool or lying on a beach, usually I don't speak because I'm just sucked into a book. Yeah, and yesterday I was sitting by the pool and I'm, like, reading the book and Carson's in the pool. He's, like, trying to talk to me. I'm like, can you please um, just, like, float for a little while because I need you not to talk. Yeah. He's like, why? So fun. Yeah. The one time Kate and Ashley and I went to Ashley's boat and... Literally, there was a half a day where none of us spoke a word to each other because all three of us were just laying and reading. I love that. Same. Okay, so anyone who needs a good summer read, Kelsey just gave you one. Check it out. Also, I haven't read this yet, so I probably shouldn't be recommending it, but I've heard by multiple people that this is a really, really, really good summer book and it's spicy. It's called It Happened One Summer and it's by Tessa Bailey. So, I don't know. Check it out. I've heard really, really good things about that one. Okay. That'll have to be my next read. Oh my god, of course. I'm looking at the description here and it says, it's back with a Schitt's Creek inspired (laughs) rom-com. So, of course it's going to be good. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of books, I remembered the one that I mentioned to you yesterday that I said is probably one of my favorite reads of all time and I haven't even finished it yet. I'm backing that up. Because within three pages, I was completely sucked in. Okay, what is it? It's a uh, Karen Slaughter book. Have you ever heard of that author? I don't know. She writes a lot of thrillers, and she's just a really great author. And the book is called The Good Daughter. The Good Daughter, okay. It's so good. Okay. Fitting last name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So should we get into our coffee review? Yes. So today we are reviewing another New Mexico Pinon coffee So, listen back to episode 20 for our big spiel about them, their coffee shop. They had sent us a couple different things to try. So, listen to episode 20 for everything about them. And then we also reviewed them in episode 27 and 84. Clearly, we like them and are fans. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) I'm looking at their website now and I'm like, damn it, I need this one. They have so many delicious sounding coffees. Yeah. Just as a refresher, their Instagram is nmpinon, spelled P-I-N-O-N, coffee. And their website is nmpinoncoffee.com. And I'm looking at their website now. For anybody that's maybe trying to start a coffee shop or they're looking for a distributor, they actually sell wholesale. So if you were looking to get some coffee for like maybe a store you have or something like that, 
They do sell wholesale. Fun fact. Yes. So, today's coffee that we're reviewing from them is their Maple Walnut. Yum. It is a medium roast, and it says the delicate sweetness of maple syrup perfectly paired with a touch of nuttiness. Yeah, and that's a great description. It Honestly, that's on point. It really is. So, I'm looking on their website, and there's one called fucking Lemon Cookie. It sounds amazing. We're getting that next. How freaking good does that sound? Lemon cookie. And, like, the little pictures, it looks like the Girl Scouts old Savannah Smiles. If you're an OG Girl Scout, you know what I'm talking about. Those cookies were so good. I just took a sip of the coffee, and I think their description is just completely accurate. You can taste the sweetness from the maple, Mm -hmm. and I definitely taste the nuttiness. Yeah, the nuttiness is more so at the end. Mm -hmm. And, like, the sweetness is right off the bat, which I like. Same. And we're drinking it iced, by the way. Yes, we are. And I feel like this is definitely up there for a medium roast for me. Yeah. I like that it's a little stronger of a medium roast. It's definitely borderline dark roast. Yeah, I agree. What would you rate this? I love their coffee so much. I'm going to give it an 8. I agree. Yeah? Yeah, because this isn't my favorite one that I've ever had of them, but I definitely love it. Yeah. Honestly, like, if I feel like you can't get a bad coffee from them. So if you go onto their website, again, it's nmpinoncoffee.com. Check it out and see if there's anything that you would like to try because I don't think they'd have anything that was bad. Agreed. Check them out. So should we get into it? Yes. Okay. So grab, so grab your, your coffee, coffee and, and have, have a morning with us. With us. Oh, my God, we got to say it <laughs> Today's episode is about the case of Tierra Hall. A little bit of background about Tierra Hall. She lived in Durham, North Carolina, and she moved there from Texas. She was raised by her mom, Cotia Hall, and her mom was a single mother. She was a student at Charles E. Jordan High School, but for most of the story, we'll be referring to it as Jordan High School. At the time of the story, Tierra was 17 years old, and she was described as goofy and always trying to make people laugh. I had read one article where they had said she would literally just, like, go up to people and just make a weird face. Just, like, make Make, them laugh. Yeah, she's cute. She dreamed of obtaining a business career after graduating high school and then eventually owning her own business. And she hoped to go to North Carolina Central University. Tierra could be friends with anyone. That's another thing that one of the articles had stressed was literally, like, She could make friends with anyone. Very social. Yeah. Her best friend's name was Amya, and they were described as being inseparable and, like, two peas in a pod. Aww. So, Friday, March 27th, 2015, this was Tierra's last day of school before spring break started. That morning, she had told her mom that she loved her, and then she left for school. Something to note, Tierra and Amya had been planning to spend most of spring break together. So when Tierra didn't return home that night, her mom assumed that she was just, like, hanging out with friends or already had started her spring break with her best friend. Yeah, I mean, as a junior in high school, I feel like you can't be on top of your kids and, like, or else they're just gonna, you know rebel and be like crazy all over the place so she was probably trying to give her her space give her her independence yeah and who knows maybe even days before this is just me obviously speculating maybe even days before she had been like oh like i'm gonna spend most of my spring break yeah with 
so-and-so. I'm just going to be out and about. Like, who knows the conversation she had with her mom. Right. So, so. obviously, red flags didn't go up with her mom immediately. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to Saturday, March 28th, which was the next day, 2015, police received a 911 call. A man and his girlfriend were out walking and found a woman sleeping on the back porch of a house. She was about 10 feet from the back door of the house. This home was abandoned on the 4100th block of Trotter Ridge Road, which was two miles from Jordan High School, which was the high school that Tierra went to. So very close to their school. Mm -hmm. Police arrived at the scene to find that the woman was not sleeping and she was deceased. She was also noticeably a teenager. Mm. She was wearing gray sweatpants and an Elmo t-shirt. Oh my god, that's so sad. I just feel like it shows the innocence. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. She was a kid. The crime scene was brutal. The girl had been stabbed 14 times. Injuries to the neck, face, head, shoulder, arm, and chest. There was a phone case found next to the body, but Tierra's cell phone was never found at the scene. Hmm. There was also graffiti written that said, quote, King K the Savage. The police found a hall pass from Jordan High School in the girl's pocket, so immediately they reached out to the high school and the assistant principal, Michael Irving, was who they were in contact with. He met the police at the high school, went through the cameras with them, and they were able to spot her since they knew what she was wearing. Obviously, she had the gray sweatpants. She had the Elmo t-shirt. They knew exactly what they were looking for on mm-hmm. the surveillance cameras at the high school. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing is just horrible that they found her in this situation. And I also read in an article that it was so violent, the crime scene, that a piece of the murder weapon was found broken off. In her. In her. That's so disgusting. Like, how do you have that much anger to do something like that to somebody? I feel like that's such a common thing to be seen, too, in, like, crimes of passion. But, yeah, they said immediately when they got to the crime scene, they saw a piece of paper sticking out of her pocket, and that's when they saw that it was the hall pass. Mm Mm-hmm. In the footage, Tierra walked into a classroom, and police went into that classroom and found Tierra's backpack, And her name was written in the bottom corner of a classroom computer that was left on. So clearly she was, like, expecting to come back, hopefully, Mm -hmm. or wasn't planning on, like, leaving. Leaving school. Yeah. Yeah. And the name in the corner of the screen and then her backpack, obviously they were able to be like, okay, this is the name of the girl. Right. That this is associated with. Right. So Cotia, which was Tierra's mom, was notified And she told police how her daughter hadn't come home the night before. She also gave them Tierra's cell phone number in order for them to be able to analyze her cell phone records since they didn't have that phone. Yeah. Moving on to Sunday, March 29th, 2015, police canvassed the area by the crime scene and witnesses said they saw a suspicious car. Others said they thought they heard a scream. Oh my god. One neighbor had a surveillance camera and gave the footage to the police. A black SUV was seen, but later ruled out as being involved. Around 12.40pm, a male was seen walking down the road towards the Trotter Ridge home. About a minute later, Tierra was seen following behind him. 
thank God for the surveillance footage of this house. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I saw a video. It's like perfectly positioned of the street. Like oh where my they God. were walking. And thank God it, thank God all this surveillance footage too. We've seen, obviously, and talked about CCTV where the footage is so grainy you can't even see anything. Yeah. And granted, for being the year 2015, the footage isn't perfect. It's better. But it's yeah. good enough. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Yeah. So, a little bit of background of the events leading up to the murder. Police went back to Jordan High School to look at footage again and saw Tierra and this male interacting. He was tall, had dreads, a red long sleeve shirt, and blue pants. Assistant Principal Michael Irving was able to identify this student as Kelton Brashawn Fox, who at that time was Tierra's ex-boyfriend. Aside from Tierra walking into the classroom, school camera footage also showed Tierra talking to Kelton in the hall. The convo seemed friendly at first. There did not appear to be any fights or arguing, but then Fox took Hall's phone and ran away with it. Some articles say that the footage actually looked like Tierra was smiling. So I read that like the principal or whoever was reviewing the footage with them said that it looked like two teenagers like, like messing around. Doll. Yeah. yeah. Granted, maybe as it was happening, that's how she perceived it. it maybe he was like, being like flirtatious at first right. and then took her phone. Right. So then she chased after him attempting to get her phone back. They both left the school around 12.25 p.m. with Kelton in front of Tierra, so he was, like, leading her. Mm-hmm. Fifteen minutes later, a home camera show- saw them both walking towards the Trotter Ridge house, and that catches us back to where we left off at the neighbor's surveillance camera. And this is just a side note. Authorities said that Tierra had been talking to another potential romantic partner days leading up to the murder. I feel like her cell phone would have been so key in this investigation. Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Text messages going mm-hmm. on between different people. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Kelton was then seen going back to school alone, obviously on the cameras. Right. He walked into a bathroom with his sleeves pulled over his hands. Eventually, he left the school with a female, and it turns out assistant principal Michael Irving said he saw Kelton that day. Kelton had told him that he wasn't feeling well, and his mom picked him up from school. Yeah, no shit. That's usually what happens after you murder someone. Mm -hmm. You don't feel well. So the woman he was seen leaving with was his mom. And I feel like assistant principal Michael Irving was so helpful in this entire investigation Mm -hmm. and just identifying people and, yeah, remembering details and... The one thing I will say is, how did they not account for... Students missing? Yeah. Like, that's a pretty decent gap where at least Tierra was gone. Like, her backpack and and, and computer were found there the next day, but, like... Yeah, that's a big fuck-up on the school's part. Right. Like, they need to know... Like, how do they not know that they were gone? Mm Mm-hmm. Especially, it's not like... Unless the school's set up differently, it's not like... A college student where people just come and go throughout the day. If it's a high school... You're going to see them walking. Yeah. And if it's a high school, you're most likely there the entire day. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. So a little bit of background of Tierra and Kelton's relationship. They had an on and off again relationship. 
and Tiara decided to officially break up with him because she said he was quote-unquote too clingy. This occurred around Christmas of 2014, and he struggled to move on from the relationship, clearly. Yeah. The investigation, through what was discovered on the surveillance footage, police again returned to the high school, and they searched the men's bathroom and found traces of blood. It was swabbed, and Kelton had washed blood from his hands in the bathroom. That's where this blood came from. Thank God that they went back there and they were like, okay, we have, we know he went in there with the blood on his hands. We're going to swab the bathroom. Yeah. I feel like they were so good with following up on literally every single thing that was seen in the surveillance footage. Yeah. Tuesday, March 31st, 2015, Kelton was arrested and police asked him if he knew why he was being arrested and he said, quote, Because one of my friends is gone, and they need to find out who did it. Fucking sicko. And that was a quote from It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere, which is a really cute name. It is really (laughs) cute. Who made that up? You guys are amazing. He denied being involved in Tierra's murder, and he also said that he never left the school's property. Mm -hmm. Did he not know there were fucking cameras in the school? Yeah, I mean, come on. You know you're getting caught. Just own up to it at this point, you know? I'm laughing because he's just so fucking stupid. Whole, I'm glad he was. The whole thing. Yeah, thank God he was. So they knew, they found out who it was. So the whole thing was so stupid. So police got a warrant for Kelton's house, and they found knives and axes in his fucking bedroom. Jesus. They also found notebooks. Some had, quote, King K, the Savage, and the is spelled T-H-A, written in them, which was the graffiti found on the wall. You might as well just admit to your crimes at that point. Like, why are you even trying to deny it? Exactly. How are you even trying to deny it? You left breadcrumbs everywhere. Yeah. Some pages even showed his obsession with Tierra. They didn't really go into too much detail with that in articles, but... In some pages, he wrote about thinking that Tierra had cheated on him. Still, no reason for murder, Mm -hmm. but okay. There were also a lot of dark entries, and one stated, quote, killing is my hobby. Like, what? This kid was obviously very sick. Yeah. And evil. The shoes that he was wearing were also taken, and... There were also traces of blood on those, and after being tested, it was found to be Tierra's blood. Thank God this kid was so stupid. Mm-hmm. So now onto the sentencing. They tried to accuse Kelton of first-degree murder, which would have landed him life in prison, but they couldn't prove that the murder was premeditated or preplanned, and that's what you need for grounds to give, like, the first-degree murder rolling. I don't really understand how they couldn't prove that. From his notebook? I know. And maybe I'm wrong, but you can't find a phone, fine, but can't you still pull somehow records and and text messages and stuff? I would think so. Right? Unless there's some kind of catch with the phone company she had or something. I don't know. I thought maybe that's just not the case. Maybe it's just like phone records instead of text messages, but I don't know. So they couldn't convict him of first degree murder. Like we said, Hall's phone was never recovered, which could have potentially proved that this murder was planned prior to it happening. 
They think he took Tierra's phone knowing that she would follow him then. So he literally lured her. Yeah. And then kept the phone. That right there, to me, shows it was premeditated. Right. Like, you're taking her phone for what purpose? You're leading her out of the school for what purpose? Right. Like, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And you're writing that killing is your hobby in a notebook. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How is that not planned? Yeah. June 14th, 2018, Kelton pled guilty to second-degree murder. His defense team argued that Kelton suffered from PTSD, hallucinations, paranoia, and elements of personality disorder. They said that this is partially due to his father abandoning him at a young age and being abusive, and they mentioned this because they kind of hoped it would help with his sentencing. Hmm. Yes, that's sad. Does that give you a reason or a right to murder somebody? No. Exactly. And there's plenty of people who experience that type of trauma who don't go around murdering people that aren't yeah, dating them. It's just not an, an excuse. Yeah, it's there's not a reason for that. Mm-mm. He was sentenced to serve 12 to 15 years in jail at Gaston Correctional Institution in Dallas, North Carolina. I'm sorry, but 12 to 15 years just does not seem enough. That makes no sense to me. How? You, you literally, brutally murdered somebody. Yeah. On your own. And even if they couldn't prove it was premeditated, he's still a murderer. Right. So, I feel like he's being charged with a sentence that people usually get for not completing a murder. Right. Attempted murder. Yeah. yeah. So, if all goes as planned, he'll be released in April of 2027. That is so scary. Yeah. Her poor mother... She has to deal with that now. That's just horrible. So this case was on ID channel's See No Evil, season 9, episode 8, named, quote, Savage by Name, if you wanted to check out an ID channel, because everybody loves their... Have you ever seen See No Evil? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite shows on ID channel. Same, that and Women Scorned. I don't know why I love it. I just, the only thing that upsets me with See No Evil is... A lot of these episodes, actually almost all of the episodes, the person was clearly murdered because the case is being solved through CCTV. Mm -hmm. There was only one episode I've ever seen where they found the person through CCTV before they were killed. And I was like, why can't this happen more often? That's what I'm saying. Where the person doesn't actually die. I mean, I just... The school... I feel like the school did a great job after the fact, but how were they not on top of the fact that they gave a student a hall pass and she never came back and they realized the next day because they somebody found her body? Mm-hmm. Like, and then he was missing as well. How do you give somebody a hall pass and, like, not check off, like, oh, they're back? Right. Oh, where did they go? They didn't... Are they in the classroom? Not that that would have prevented anything, potentially, but at least it would have... I don't know. You would have had answers sooner or... Right, because clearly for him, in order for him to leave the school the second time, his mom had to come in and pick him up. Right. So he needed that permission. So how did he even leave the first time? He just walked out of the building? That's what I mean. And, like, yeah, I went to a fucking teeny tiny high school where they had eyes on everybody at all times. But if I was to leave my high school in the middle of the day, I feel like they would have had the police at the front door, you know? Yeah. And it's different per population and per, you know... Like, demographic. Demographic area. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just, it's sad because, not to put it on the school, obviously, but it it's something that was potentially preventable. Right. 
Like they could have, they could have seen that mm-hmm. him, him leaving. Although I'm sure he would have found a way outside of school then to do something. Right. Since clearly that he carried out an atrocious murder. Right. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Know. It's just so sad. It really is. Poor Tierra. Yeah. It's Ugh. awful. That was a bit of a shorter episode, or case, I should say. So we did want to talk about something different that has been coming through our emails. Let me pull up the email here. Erica Summerfield has reached out to us, first through Instagram and then through email. She kindly sent us some chapters of the book that she had written. And the book is called Confessions of a Prison Cook, A Fusion of Food and Crime. So she sent us this basically because obviously we are a crime podcast and she wanted to get the word out about her book. So we're going to read a little blurb about the book and then we'll talk about where you can find it and all that kind of stuff. So here's about the book. Imagine being sentenced to 10 years in jail. How would you survive? Confessions of a Prison Cook, a fusion of food and crime, is based on the true story of a New York banker's incarceration and redemption after becoming the inmate chef. Nourishing fellow cons and eventually his own soul, Phil Longo survives and thrives to recount twisted tales and stir up tongue-in-cheek recipes. Mix in sexy, inept nurses, drunk monks, Chinese gangsters, and one-legged cooks. Food wasn't the spiciest part of the experience, but it does become Phil's olive branch to Otis villains like chocolate-addicted teen gangster Jesus and contraband king Lincoln. Incarcerated for a decade, Phil learns life is truly stranger than fiction. He gains a rich insight into his fellow man and realizes no one is rotten to the core. So check out the book. She then specifically sent us a fun excerpt from her book about coffee-related crimes. (laughs) So I'm going to read this chapter for you guys as a little taste of what this book has to offer. It's chapter 64, Caffeine Capers. More than 2 billion cups of coffee a day are consumed worldwide. With brews so much a part of life, it makes sense that the bold, brown liquid would have a few black marks against it. Take the coffee murder case of Indonesia. An innocent date at a Jakarta cafe ended with cyanide-laced iced cappuccino. More hype when an American woman was arrested and strip-searched by religious police in Saudi Arabia for drinking coffee with a male at Starbucks. That's fucking awful. A Connecticut police dog sniffed out 16 bags of crack cocaine hidden in a bag of coffee grounds inside a woman's pants. A Michigan man awaited trial after his estranged spouse was found lifeless with a plate of wet espresso grounds nearby. He had tried to convince friends that coffee can cover up the smell of a corpse. Oh, God. Another unhappy husband poisoned his wife's cafe during, quote, a nasty divorce. The killer got just 60 days in jail despite a hidden camera capturing him spiking her brew with drugs. One Chicago hubby proved he was bad to the last drop. He fatally shot his wife for leaving the coffee maker on. Oh, my God. That is an insane motive. Right? Italian crime families are bullying restaurants into exclusively selling brews backed by mobsters. Bar and restaurant owners are usually willing to pay the higher price for fear of retribution. Con-turned-actor Danny Trejo 
markets and sells whole bean espresso through his company, Trejo's Coffee, Crime and Conspiracies with Coffee, Coffee and Crime Time, and True Crime and Coffee Beans are all popular podcasts that mix morning mud with murder. And crime cults and coffee. (laughs) (laughs) More macabre. Abigail Folger, heiress to the Folger's coffee fortune, Mm. was one of Charles Manson's victims. Holy shit. We are going to have to cover that fucking case. I just got the chills. I didn't know that. Oh my god. The Netherlands gives young prisoners a chance to redeem themselves by promoting native coffee brands in a special work program. The Coffee Crafter Co. in America offers a course for cons to learn the art of gourmet grounds and earn barista certificates to help secure work upon release. Hmm. Los Angeles neighborhoods are hosting, quote, Coffee with a Detective, a forum where the public can ask questions like, why is the temperature of a coffee pot often used as crime scene evidence? Huh. Starbucks has aided felons with work experience, allowing them to pack pricey Christmas brews. Coffee comes to the rescue when a group of Kansas tweens used jolting hot java to fend off a predator. And that's the excerpt she had sent us. So fun little facts about crime. And different foods slash coffee. Coffee, yeah. So check out their book. You can actually find it on Amazon. Again, it's called Confessions of a Prison Cook, A Fusion of Food and Crime. So check it out. It's on Amazon, Kindle. And if you want to check them out on Instagram, their Instagram is food and crime. Yeah, so thank you so much for sending that over, Erica. And uh, we hope that this helped promote your book a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So maybe also add that to your summer reading list. Yeah, and in addition to all the ones that I had mentioned earlier, we'll try to put um, recommendations together of all the books that we had talked about today. Yep. And Bryn gets married next week! (laughs) For those who have been listening for a while, you you did not hear wrong. This is my second one (laughs) to the same man. She did not get divorced and remarried in a year span. (laughs) She is getting married, a big wedding, because she had a COVID wedding. So now she's doing her big wedding, and it's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. Yeah, we'll have to post pictures and stuff, because it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I'm, at the moment, stressed with trying to meet deadlines and getting everything done, but I'm so excited for the actual day to come. It'll be all worth it the day of. Yeah. And then it's like, it's gone in like a day and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Have I just been planning for the past (laughs) six months of my life? And it's just gone in a day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully that week, as of right now, we're, we're promising an episode for that week. Hopefully that week I can still get one out because that episode will be coming out on my wedding day. Yeah, so... <laughs> just like we'll Kelsey's, see. just like yours. Yeah. Yours came out on your wedding day, right? It did. Um, the day or no, the before. day before. Day before, because yeah, I got married on a Saturday. Yeah. So we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> You know, stay tuned. If we can't release it for some reason that week, we will make sure to let you guys know. Yeah. Or put out a little, like, update. And And now you know that if we can't, it's because Bryn's getting married, so fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We're going to quickly go over our spiel. So you can find us on Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post weekly our resources from every episode and photos. 
You can also find us on Instagram at Crime Cults and Coffee. If you take a look at the link in our bio, that's our link tree, and it's where all of our episodes are able to be listened to on different platforms. And then we also post our weekly recommendations, coffee reviews, and photos of cases there on our Instagram. If you want to send us a case suggestion or a listener story, you can email us at crimecoltsandcoffee at gmail.com or send us a DM at crimecoltsandcoffee on Instagram. Also, if you want to leave us a rate and review, it would really, really help our podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You will receive a free sticker, as we've said in the past. (laughs) hopefully that's a little more enticing well my brother texted me a couple weeks ago and he's like i need more stickers tell him to leave a fucking review i should (laughs) learn how to use your phone leave us a review mike leave us a review (laughs) (laughs) and if you don't listen to us on apple podcasts on any other listening platform of your choice you can follow you can like you can subscribe that'll let you know when new episodes come out every week yes and we love you bye guys bye regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook